KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. If you or someone you know needs food for Thanksgiving, Crossroads Urban Center's annual Thanksgiving food giveaway starts at 10 a.m. Wednesday, November 23rd, in the Smith's Ballpark lot on the northwest corner of 1300 South and West Temple in Salt Lake City. Drive up and a volunteer will place a turkey and a box of side dishes in your trunk. No documentation required and walk-ups are welcome too. Info at crossroadsurbancenter.org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives and makers. I'm Laura Jones, and thanks for plugging into your community. Tonight on the show, the Dignity Index is Tim Shriver on how to put the pledge into practice at Thanksgiving dinner. After the midterms, it might be a little politically fraught for some of us. Also on the show, Best of Utah with City Weekly's Pete Saltis and writer-photographer Kat Palmer. Stay tuned and we'll uh, dig into the issue, which includes KRCL number one radio station and radioactive number two radio show. Thank you so much because that means that readers and listeners uh, made that happen. So thank you. Radioactive always starts with rallies and resources, and I'm tossing out any other mention than my next guest, who is putting, paying it forward into action with school lunch. Tua K. Aloha is with me. Hey, Tua, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm so glad you're here. I've been tracking you down for a while. We made it happen, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I'm super excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Give us your origin story. How do you get to this moment where you are right now? Wow. Um, choosing to do a positive lifestyle and try to make an impact in my community. Yeah. So uh, um, that's being where I'm at right now and try to help out my community. If I want to change the world, I got to change my community first. I was doing some research, found some videos that you've made because you're an actor. You've also got a security company, which is called? Security Allegiance. Yes, yeah, so you do a lot of things in the community and you're very vocal about where you've come from to where mm. you are now. But uh, you were talking to someone about, you know, that whole pay for the coffee behind you thing? Yeah, yeah. So my great friend, Rocio, you know, shouts out to Rocio. She posted a meme saying, instead of paying for someone's coffee behind you, you know, go and choose a kid and pay off their school lunch debt. And it just sparks, I'm getting goosebumps right now. It, it just sparks something to me. It's like, there's such thing as a school debt, you know? So I called a local school and I found out, you know, some of these school debts is, is about average $700. Wow, these and are up. kids that can't afford school lunch and the yes. debt builds up. Yes. What happens if they can't pay it eventually? Um, to my knowledge is uh, they'll let them eat um, as far as they can and eventually, you know, um, they give them, start giving them sandwiches, you know what I mean? Like uh, a P PB&J in the corner. Yeah. It's very visible. It's got to be hard for a kid. I think, I think cha uh, things have changed since then, but at the same time, you know, like a lot of families can't afford to yeah. even pay their debt, you know, mm. so. So what was that first school that you called? Uh, I called Backman Elementary ah. in Rose Park. There you go. Yeah. Right here, close by the station. What Super did you close. find? Um, their debt was about $800, so I ended up donating $1,000. And that's just September when school started, right? Yes, correct. Wow, correct. That's, that's pretty alarming. Yeah, yeah. I think, by, I think Backman's a Title I school. 
Yes. And uh, a lot of kids in need at that school. So you, you pay it a little bit forward even, knowing that that debt's going to creep back up as soon as you pay it off. Yeah. So every school that I come across, I always try to give a little cushion, you know, just so like, you know, for future debt um, for kids that are going to yeah. be, be are going to come and have a debt eventually again, too. So that was back in September, that first school. How'd that feel? Ah, it felt awesome. It felt so awesome that I wanted to keep the ball rolling. And, you know, shouts out to all my people that, you know, my, that are in my circle and everyone that follows me on social media, everybody from work at Wholesome Co. Just, you know, seeing the spark that ignited me and they kind of like raised awareness around, with people around me. I wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. You know, and people are following me. It's like, man, Tua's paying off those school debts. Here's ten dollars. Here's five dollars. Yeah, you know, just to, for the kids. So shouts out to all my people. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so people can follow you on Instagram. Yep. To Akealoha. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. But people started giving you money for this, and so you're like, I gotta find some place to put this money. Yeah. So you know, I got a, I got with my close group of, of friends. You know, um, Samuel, my Daru, and Logan, and we ch- we just chose neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, and we go, let's let's help out two schools in each each neighborhood, depending on how much their debt is. Okay, so Bachman was first. Yep. Then where'd you go? I went to uh, Parkview. Parkview. All right. Hey, you got to do that on Mike Daru. Daru and Logan are here, two of your pals. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So I went to uh, Parkview Elementary, and then uh, we uh, we paid off their debt. Their debt was kind of small, so we had we had money left over, and we went to Mountain View Elementary in Glendale. And uh, we paid off their debt. That's three. And you've done six so far, right? Yep. Yeah, and then uh, we went to um, Stansbury Elementary. And then um, after Stansbury, yeah, it was Westvale Elementary. And then another elementary as well. So how much so far of school lunch debt have you paid off for kids? Uh, close to $4,500. That's that is no small sum, <laughs> and and then when I also think about it. I think about it. That's food. Yep. The basic necessities, and if you don't have a full stomach, it's it's hard to pay attention. I remember in school. How about you? Yeah. So you know that's my thing. You know I've worked with youth in my career, and if kids don't have a full stomach, they can't focus. Mm-hmm. So th- anybody that knows me and close to me, I always love feeding the kids because once I feed them, they get my attention. Yeah. You know what I mean. So. Yeah. Food is kind of like a, a, a love language, you know, to everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, school lunch, maybe <laughs> the lowest of love. It depends on the quality of the school lunch, right? But yeah. I remember waiting for taco day and cinnamon roll day when I was oh, getting yeah. school lunch. There's always a favorite that I had. Mine's was like clam chowder and the tuna sandwich. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm from Hawaii, so I don't yeah. know what you guys in America <laughs> Samoa. <laughs> Logan, Daru, do you remember school lunch? Daru, come on. There's a microphone. Okay, he's laughing so hard. You can't I talk. really don't remember. You don't? Yeah, it was back in the days. Yeah, Logan, how about you? Yeah, I don't remember too because back back home we were grateful for whatever food yeah. was served to True. us. Mm-hmm. True. So, yeah, that's where we're from. Whatever we get, we can eat. Yeah, we'll enjoy it. So, you're helping him with this, right? Yeah, we are. Is it yeah. fun to go to the schools? It's fun. Like like I said, like back home, we came from nothing. Where's back home for you? American Samoa. Mm-hmm. It's a small island. Yeah. Like if you go on a map, it's a dot. Yeah. So, yeah, we came back back home with nothing. So we're really appreciated what Tua. He's the one that came up with it. Yeah. Tua is a big guy with a big heart. Just letting yeah. people know that. So for him to do that, and then for me to be part of it and help him out with whatever I can, it's it's much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Tuake Aloha, uh, yeah. paying off school lunch debt here in the Salt Lake Valley, and you have done about six schools, $4,500 or so. Yeah. People uh, have been responding. You've been getting some coverage in the news. Yeah. And what have you heard since those stories started rolling out? Wow. Um, where do I start? Um, I think it's just, you know, the main thing is just spreading awareness. A lot of people don't know that there is a school lunch debt after COVID. So people are just like, wow, you know, like, I'm going to call my local elementary. You know, I've heard stories um, um, from my friend Lindsay, who works for the Jordan School District, that a guy paid off five school lunch debts for five schools. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and some guy paid off a whole school lunch debt for, like, the whole district. So, it, you know, I, I'm just blessed and honored to have this effect on my community and just to raise awareness, you know, just yeah. coming together as a community. That's the whole thing. You know, unity is very important to me. You're also a dad. You've got three <coughs> daughters. Are you yeah. involving them in this? Um, uh, Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. They're, they're in the teenager mode. So, like, <laughs> they're just, you know, all caught up in, like, you know, their friends and stuff like that. But they know that, yeah. you know, I do a lot of stuff for the community. And mm -hmm. um, they, they are the ones that make me want to do better as a man. So, yeah. shouts out to my kids. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes so you can catch up with Tua, but there is a school out there that you're working on. Tell us about this next school. Yes, Hillsdale Elementary in West Valley City. What's the school lunch debt there? Their school lunch debt, their principal told me that their school lunch debt is $2,500. $2,500. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a big amount. That's ha uh, almost half of what you have already paid among mm -hmm. six schools. Mm -hmm. So a lot of need, it sounds like, out there in yeah. Hillsdale and West Valley City. What neighborhood do you call home? Uh, here here in Utah, mm -hmm. Glendale. Glendale. Yeah. That's that's kind of like I where, you know, Utah, everything started for me in Utah was in Glendale. So, mm. shouts out to my Tongan community. How can folks help here in this debt, school lunch debt in uh, Hillsdale in West Valley City? Um, I do have a Venmo set up. Uh, if they don't feel comfortable with, with the Venmo, we can go to the actual school itself Meet me there. We can just talk to the principal and pay off their debt. When are you hoping to pay this one off? Ooh, long shot. Uh, Thanksgiving is next week, Thursday. So I'd love to do it before next week, Tuesday. But if not, um, there's somebody told me that there's such a thing as a, a Give Back Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Giving Tuesday is coming Giving up. Tuesday, yeah. So um, if not by Thanksgiving, definitely Give Back Tuesday. What is your call to people listening, whether they join you or – Call up their local school. Why is this important? Oh, it's super important. Um, I think kids nowadays, they don't need to worry about a school lunch debt. I want my mm -hmm. kid, you know, I want our kids to just focus on learning, yeah. you know, not having to worry about when their next meal is. And, you know, just call up. You know, a lot of people, they want to give back, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to give back. And, you know, hopefully they listen to, you know, this this um, broadcast and be like, you know what, I'm going to call my local elementary and pay off a, a, a kid's debt, if not the whole debt. Yeah. Well, Tua, keep in touch. Yep. And I'm sure you're going to find another school after this one. Of course. Because you pay off that debt, as we said earlier, and yeah. then it starts up again. Yep. Right? Of okay. course. Thanks so much for coming in and bringing Daru and Logan with you. Thank you. Love always wins. All right. Hey, stick around. We're going to be talking best of with City Weekly. But right now, are you ready for a cultural shift in our politics? Are you frustrated by the hate and the negativity? Well, there's something called the Dignity Index. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago here on the show. And this week, the founder, the originator, is Tim Shriver. He came to town and was talking to some folks and stopped by KRCL earlier today. Let's get to that conversation and pass the mic to Tim. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Tim Shriver. I uh, 
I have spent my career in education and for 20 plus years in the Special Olympics movement, uh, a great learning environment for learning how to overcome fear of difference and learning how to build bridges of welcome and inclusion for people who have long felt and continue often, sadly, to feel left out of the mainstream. And the last few years, I've been working with a team of a loose, loose team of uh, allies around the country, Republicans, Democrats, rich, poor, black, white, gay, straight, coastland, heartland, young, old, uh, folks who believe that the quality of our national conversations and the quality of our national uh, emotional life is wounded and needs healing. And so we call ourselves Unite. And we've created this pilot project here in Utah uh, that actually tries to grade uh, us on the way in which we speak about one another when we disagree. We call it Dignity Index, so folks can learn more about it by going to dignityindex.us and see the grading tool we've created, the scale that we've created, and see how it can, uh, we hope, help us become more aware and then hopefully change. We had Tammy Pfeiffer on a couple weeks back to talk about this and introduce it to our listeners. And I thought it was interesting that you chose Utah to do it because it is a super majority state for Republicans. And what comes to mind is that we often think it's our team that's doing the right thing and the other team that isn't. It's very tribal and it's very much sports mentality as, as well. If you had to break down the Dignity Index, and how it could break down that tribalism. What do you think is its best shot at doing that? Well, ironically, uh, the most powerful thing we've seen in this is that it helps people become aware of their own contempt. That's the only thing we can change, right? Yeah, but we, we invite people to look at the Dignity Index as a way of judging their senator or their congressperson or their governor or their uh, mayor, whatever it is. Uh, what happens almost immediately is that people start to say, whoa, I fall down into a, a seven, or I fall down, I, I rise up to a one or two. Wait a minute, look at that in a five, that's me. And before you know it, people have almost lost interest in the politician mm -hmm. and become interested in how they can speak to their husband or their wife or their partner differently or their child or yeah. their coworker. So there's a sense in which the index, which looks like a tool to judge, becomes a tool for personal transformation. That, that has been very exciting to watch. Well, I've fallen into this trap, especially with the politics of the last four to eight years, and family dinners have become more difficult mm -hmm. if the politics conversation comes into play. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Yeah, We've had... Uh, Donald Trump throw his hat back into the ring two weeks before, oh, what was the meme I saw, before we all meet our uncles at the Thanksgiving table, yeah. right? So uh, t can we take this Dignity Index to dinner? We can, and I would encourage people to go on the website and print it out, not to promote us, just to try. Uh, I mean, we teach kids in school, in, in social and emotional learning programs, we teach kids how to disagree without being disagreeable. And one of the steps on learning how to disagree without being disagreeable, is to see the positive intent of the other. Now, if I say that to someone who's on one side of the polarized side, they, they've given up. Mm. That other person has become so uh, anathema, so uh, evil almost to them, they can't see the positive. So the Dignity Index starts to say to us, well, wait a minute, am I also becoming 
contemptuous? Have, but people say, well, no, 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 it's not me. I'm only saying it because it's true about them, yes. but not about me. That's contemptuous in and of itself. Exactly. And this so changing hard. how we treat those, you can, I'm not going to say you shouldn't continue to think of the, whoever it is you disagree with as being contemptuous. Just all I would say is the first step is noticing your own. My mother, my late mother, is coming into my mind right now. Don't worry about anyone else, Laura. Just worry about yourself. Well, your mother was a very wise woman. Yeah, all of our mothers, right? Yeah. And it seems like we've forgotten how to treat each other with dignity. Yeah. It requires a little bit more listening mm-hmm. than speaking. Uh, we're not such good listeners any longer. Um, it requires that we transcend or go beneath the level of the toxins and I, I like to remind people what I've learned in this process is that there are, there's a big business whose goal it is to have you fear or hate Uncle George. Yeah. It didn't happen accidentally. It's a business. Uh, the algorithm in social media, uh, the cable news business, the talk radio business, here we are on talk radio, many of these were businesses that grew and developed and strengthened as they realized the power of hatred and fear to drive audience. There's a Pavlovian response that is is, engendered in us. There is, and it feels good in a minute. Wait a second. I agree with you. She is horrible. And oh my God, did you see what she did now? And oh my God, see what that party is doing in Chicago or see what that party is doing in Utah. They're really horrible. You're being fed a poison. And what you consume sometimes consumes you. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons so many people are tuning out of cable news and to some extent social media is because we're starting to become aware that this is not accidental. This yeah. is intentional. We're being taught and encouraged to hate each other. Isn't that s- shocking to say? But it's true. For the profit of a corporation That's or right. two. Or a hundred. Yep. Uh, and it's a big business. So if you think to yourself, well, I can break out of that. Know that there is someone who is going to try very hard to drag you back in yeah. to, the, to the trap of hatred and contempt. But, you know, look, I have a lot of confidence in the human spirit. I have a lot of confidence in the United States. I have a lot of confidence in people generally. And I think we've always done our best as a country when we've listened to one another and come together around issues that really unite us. So I think in our history, you know, you can see it many, many times. Um, uh, it, we've never been a perfect country, and we're far from it today, but we're not going to get any better by hating each other. I want to go back to your experience with Special Olympics and how that has grown over my lifetime, um, not only within the community of Special Olympians, but in the minds of the broader community. Yeah. Can you share a story or two that translates from that realm to this broader conversation about dignity in our everyday discourse? So people with intellectual and developmental differences, uh, on my 10th birthday, there were almost 200,000 people who were in institutions for life, Uh, not because of anything they did, did, but because of how they were born. So this community has suffered uh, and has been the victim of exclusionary strategies. And, And I dare say, in the same way Republicans talk about Democrats or Democrats about Republicans, we have all spoken about this population in our history. We've used names to ridicule them. We've used strategies to exclude them from our schools, from our workplaces, from our bus stops, from our uh, places of employment, and so on. Um, The Special Olympics movement, in my view, has been one giant invitation to encounter. 
And we come, most of us, to help. We want to support. There's young people with Down syndrome. There's a runner who has a, uh, an ambulatory challenge. There's a person who has autism. There's a person who has another challenge. There's a person who can't read, maybe doesn't speak that well. I want to come to help. But what happens is we meet. We meet in a no-judgment zone, and all of a sudden we see all of the layers of prejudice and discrimination. They peel away. And many times the people in the stands are in tears, just watching, because they find themselves healed of their own fears, healed of their own inner, uh, uh, if you will, anxiety about difference. So, look, I spent 20 plus years in that movement. I saw Republicans and Democrats and young and old and rich and poor and black and white and gay and straight come to the field to volunteer, to help. And I saw them heal relationships for themselves and for others. And I saw our athletes, those athletes, act as agents of change, agents of, uh, of, of decency and goodness uh, for the other. So I know it can happen. I don't, I, don't, I don't take the idea that we can heal these divisions on faith. I take it on experience. I've seen people overcome difference, fear of difference, exclusionary practices. If, if this community that has suffered so much, people with intellectual differences, can lead a movement to heal the very exclusion that victimized them, shame on us if we don't follow. Let's take this now to Thanksgiving dinner, as everyone, well, most Americans will be celebrating in one way or another, gathering with their friends or their family, and uh, having a breaking bread and expressing gratitude. That's not how the dinner ends often. That's right. So how do we take what you're just talking about to that table when we have felt so hurt by the other side demonizing us yeah. and us in, in return? Um, this dignity index is a great academic exercise and something that takes a choice. And we have to make that choice individually. So I'm going to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that the dignity index would teach us is that when you see someone, and maybe this is a Thanksgiving lesson, you don't have to win. So I would encourage all of us when we think about sitting across the table from someone who's hurt us or who we may have hurt, the goal of that conversation is not to win. The elections are passed. Congress will be seated. You don't have to win the argument on issue X or Y. Maybe the primary invitation is to understand. Maybe this Thanksgiving, go to the table, not trying to win an argument, just trying to understand the other. And when you think to yourself, I refuse to understand that point of view, uh, I invite you to wonder what it might look like for that person to see themselves being understood by you. Would they potentially move and change? Are they more likely to see you and your point of view with dignity if you show them dignity? So I encourage all of us to be first movers. First movers, I like that. But what about um, second chancers? Because this dignity index and the conversation we're having about our polarized politics is we're afraid to be the one to make that move for fear we're going to lose in making that change. And we're also afraid that if we don't do it right, then why try it all? Or that error will be thrown out. Uh, well, we're, we're afraid we're going to lose because we see it as a win-lose game. Um, in, in this work... Uh, we try to find our way to moments when relationships are more important than power dynamics. It sounds fancy, but it really just comes back to 
take the Thanksgiving dinner. It's two, three hours for some of us. Maybe it's a lifetime for others. But take that moment as a chance to put the relationship ahead of one's opinions. Not to compromise your principles, not to abandon your principles, not to be speechless in the face of things that disagree with your principles, but in that moment to put one other principle ahead of all your other principles. And that one principle is the importance of relationship and being a uniter. So look at Thanksgiving as a break <laughs> from, from the win-lose game. A break from the win-lose game and an invitation to the win-win okay. game. So what comes next for the Dignity Index? Well, we want to we put Utah. Dignity on the ballot uh, in 2024. We want to we create a, a national movement of Dignity voters, uh, people who will challenge uh, uh, political advertisers and political candidates, uh, who will vote for dignity in addition to voting for the rest of their principles. Uh, we want to get funders who have been so uh, catastrophically negative, uh, these p- paid ads and PACs that have unleashed torrents of hate in our culture, to change and sign pledges to be dignity funders. I mean, a small number of people fund hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of political activity, and they often fund it uh, with tremendous negativity. We want to try to change them, invite them into the process, not to judge them, not to label them, but to ask them. Uh, take a chance. And when people say, well, I'm not going to disarm because if I don't attack my opponent, she or he, they're going to attack me. Well, here's the stakes, the country itself. Uh, we've never been more negative about the future of our country since public opinion polling took place. We've never been more lonely than we are today. We've never been more cynical about the future than we are today. We've never been more afraid of each other than we are today. If we don't have first movers who are willing to try to end that toxic polarization, we don't make it. And so uh, you may think that winning this Senate race or that congressional race is the most important thing on the planet. But right now, it may be important, but it's not as important as preserving the country. And how can people get involved? What's the website? Dignityindex.us.us. Uh, come. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts, your suggestions about where we go next. Uh, we've got uh, enormous gratitude to the people of Utah who have supported this and who have coded and who have responded to this and who have publicized it and popularized it as you're doing now. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do to continue to change our culture, and we welcome everyone to that process. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Now that's Timothy Shriver. He's chairman of Special Olympics International co-founder of Unite, an initiative to promote national unity and solidarity across differences. And of course, one of their main projects, the pilot, the Dignity Index here in Utah. For more details and to maybe take that Dignity Pledge with you to Thanksgiving dinner, you can check tonight's show notes. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive. To get us to the best of Utah with City Weekly, this world, it's the Staple Singers on KRCL 90.9. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Share the Love event, a partnership with local charities in delivering hope this holiday season. Learn more and info on how to get involved at markmillersubaru.com. KRCL is turning 43, and we're inviting you to come out and celebrate the station's anniversary with us at our first ever Holiday Soul Party on December 3rd at the Commonwealth Room in Salt Lake City. KRCL DJs, photo booth, food truck, and live music with Ryan Innes, AM Bump, and the Omega Horns. With a special VIP soul set with me, eBay Hamilton. 
So come on out and celebrate 43 years of community radio with a night full of feel-good soul music and all your favorite radio friends here at KRCL. That's Saturday, December 3rd at the Commonwealth Room. Get your tickets now at krcl.org. To check out the website, you can find those tickets, but also the last two weeks of any show on KRCL under the Programs tab. You can click Listen on Demand and Sort by Show or Air Date. I'm Laura Jones. This is Radioactive, and coming up at 7, it's Democracy Now! They're at COP27 in Egypt. At 7, at 8 rather, it's Thursday Night Psych Out with DJ Mike. Gianni's walking the dirty boulevard with you at 10.30. I Don't Sound Like Nobody with Rich at 1 a.m. Illustrated Blues with Jolene at 3. And then John's going to kick off a brand new day and your weekend at 6 a.m. tomorrow. All right. Now we're going to turn to the 33rd Annual Best of Utah edition of City Weekly hitting the streets today. It's the first look at the 444 categories of businesses that are highlighted. And I'm just looking here at the uh, table of contents and they've got this great thing called uh, this is the place kind of great Utah stuff to check out but there's also the best of dishes and drinks and media and politics and nightlife and all oh, restaurants if you're looking for a new place to eat or a new dish to try then you're going to want to pick this up it's also a celebration of all things local so let's get the conversation rolling recorded just earlier today here at the KRCL studios and now for a conversation about the best of Utah as from the view of City Weekly readers, we've got Pete Saltis from City Weekly in. How you doing, Pete? Doing great. Thanks for having me. And one of your contributors, writer-photographer Kat Palmer. Hi. Hey, hey. I'm really excited to talk about this. First of all, we're number two. We're number two. Radioactive number two show. Radioactive number two, but, you know, we appreciate you guys having us on today. KRCL as a whole one. So. Number one. Yeah. Yes. So, Congratulations. Thank you, City Weekly readers. Over. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And the Great Salt Lake Collaborative is mentioned in here, mm-hmm. part of the media ecosphere, getting together to shine a light on the Great Salt Lake. And you can read more at greatsaltlakenews.org. But I want some top lines here before we dig in deep. Yes. So, um, Kat, what were you focused on as a writer, photographer? Just kind of some broad strokes. I really have an appreciation for the ninth and ninth whale. I know it's controversial, which is why I love it. I love art that gets people talking. I think we need more art that shakes things up in Utah and turns people on their heads. So I particularly love the out of the blue whale. You know what? I love the whale's social media account. I think that's what turned the tide for me going, why are they sticking a whale? I get it. They're painting it great colors. It's in ninth and ninth, but why? And then the social media account, whoever did that, that's my vote. Well, yeah. I need to go yeah. follow that. That's amazing. Yeah, if you're still on Twitter, everybody else is exodusing, but you know, yeah, exactly. I, it's I a good a, account to I need follow. A, I need to follow that. A reason to stay on Twitter? Yep. The yep. ninth and ninth whale. <laughs> <laughs> Next year's best of. We'll have you write that one. There later. we go. I love that. <laughs> so were you looking for things here and there? I'm sure you got a few assignments, but... Uh, I did get some assignments, yes. And then I have things, because I just love our food you know, we have amazing restaurants here in Salt Lake City. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I have a, a large booty and I love to eat. <laughs> you know, you got to ask the fat girls where to eat. And oh I my. I love our restaurant scene. And so I was very excited. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Table X and Chef Mike. Mm. And so I was very excited that they won. And I was very excited to to write up about, you know, they, they won Best Photographic uh, Food. And yeah. they deserve that award. Well, they do lots of cool stuff with microgreens and growing yeah. some of their own. 
alone. We've had him on Punk Rock Farmer Friday. One hundred percent. It's 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 a farm to table place, and he's going above and beyond there. And it's one of my favorite places to eat at in this city. And so I was really happy that he won. All right. So let's go back to you, Pete. I wanted to talk about how best of runs because it sure. changed a bit this year. It did. It did. What'd you do? So we kind of flipped the flipped the script on who was going to build out the, the issue, right? So we, we expanded it from about 120 readers pick categories uh, and 300 staff pick to about 350 readers pick and about 100 staff picks. Is that a lot so, of because people wanted to vote for the best tamale, which may be at one shot, but the best right. burrito might be at another? So that that's kind of what we were looking at when we were trying to figure out how to evolve the best of Utah issue. So we expanded the food category primarily. So instead of best Mexican, now we have we have best Mexican still as like an overall category. Then we have best tamale, quesadilla, molcajete. So all of the little subcategories that traditionally our staff would have to go find, but mm -hmm. we wanted to kind of source that from the community. So yeah. that's where the biggest jump, and that's what I like most about this issue is like our dishes category where it's, I'm, I'm looking at stuff that I've never even heard of, you know. Yeah. So That's how I use yeah. the best of edition is to find uh, new tastes, new flavors. Right. Go, oh, because, you know, I get set in my ways. And exactly. plus, yeah. you know, Santos Tacos is like a zigzag from my house. Yeah. So Perfect. when I'm trying to find something else, like uh, I'm still up in the air about who's got the best pupusas. Right. Oh. Is that in there? I'm pretty sure we did best pupusas, actually. Yeah. OK, we're going to dig it up we'll and dig find it. it. Yeah. No, 100 percent. That's in there. That, All that right. Coming across my memory. But yeah, yeah. that's in there some of the top lines for you uh, yeah. among staff picks uh, anything interesting i i personally love the staff picks and i i'm, I'm a little sad that we have less than normal because they, they were so busy writing about the the community picks right but i i like i default to the worst sometimes like <laughs> you know worst political hack sean ray is for trying to you know usurp the 2020 election even though we go about you know a year and a half two years but that was still top of mind i, I loved reading that one um you know the that's where i would i like we had a we expanded out the the cannabis categories this year oh really which, uh, not to not to harp on that we've, we've talked <laughs> about that a few times but you broke you know, it down into what well since we don't have full legalized recreational thc yeah free so for all the those dispensaries are not allowed to use words like bud tender mm -hmm. in their marketing in their in their business so we put the best bud tender in for the first time because you can write about it because we can write about it so you know we've got a wholesome one for best bud tender uh we have best cartridges best vape pens you know <laughs> so it's like stuff that they're not allowed to really say like that's why I like the cannabis community we, can look at yeah. this and go oh. yeah 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 see so we we expanded from like three or four cbd categories historically to uh, i think this year 11 total uh cbd and thc categories so it's uh, that, that's where I like the expansion too. Oh, we might need to get the best bud tender to come on and talk yeah. about that job in our community. Oh yeah, we can find them. And the other one was like we the new category as a whole was uh, it's the very first little bit. They're all called like this is the place. Mm -hmm. So very Utah specific, like funeral potatoes, like the garage on the back. Like oh, we haven't yeah. been able to do that before. That was know, one of the first stories I did when I came to Carousel was how they make their uh, funeral potatoes. Yeah, Aww. so that's one that I like top of mind for me that I like because it's like very Utah. -y. Very Utah-y. Yeah. Okay, any bests and worsts that pop out? The the worst was the Sean Reyes one in my head. The worst that we already talked about that. The worst Utahns. Those are about the only two. Mm -hmm. We leave that to like any, the political any, like 
Did you notice anything about the bests and the worsts? All the best. <laughs> oh, I did. The worst. I did. I yeah. absolutely did. Because, you know, we need to smash the patriarchy in yeah. this state. So what are you saying? All the best were I'm women? I'm saying all the best were women and all the worst were men. And I don't <laughs> think that that's a coincidence. No, not at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Best bridge builders, Archie and Lois Archuleta. Aww. Renaming that bridge over here. Not far from our neighborhood. Um, the Archuleta Bridge spans a gap in the Jordan River Parkway between 2nd South and North Temple. Folks, you got to check this out. It's a great walk. And it was the final piece of mm. the 40-mile-long Jordan River Trail, connecting all of Salt Lake County's west side communities. So that's, that's a great honor yeah. for the late Archie Archuleta and his wife, Lois, who is right. still with us. Any other standouts in those kind of categories? You know, I'm, I'm going through this fresh, too. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, Best way to scandalize Mike Lee, era gay TV show. <laughs> I love that so much. That's another. Okay, that's you, need a staff to, pick. you need to read I'll this read one. It's a staff pick. For go for it. One hundred percent. All right. Where are we looking? Right there. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Best way to scandalize Mike Mike Lee, era gay TV show. Senator Mike Lee was bumfuzzled when he heard about a new TV series with the innocuous title of Tom Swift. The show, which the CW network has canceled for lack of viewership, is about a good-looking black billionaire inventor who's gay and proud of it. The concept so offended the senator that he and four Republican colleagues dashed off a letter to the Orwellian-sounding TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board questioning the motivations of hypersexualized entertainment producers, which are suspect at best and predatory at worst. LGBTQ plus characters on TV don't turn viewers gay any more than straight characters turn <laughs> gay viewers straight. It's all nonsense, of course, but anything to appeal to the base, right? Oh, that's a good one. I Has he not it. heard that's, of reality TV? Right. That's I, what I mean by like. I don't think he I has. personally like to read art. That's clearly a staff pick, but that's yeah. what I like about our I love our it. staff. They can find those things that you know maybe the, the community as a whole didn't know about. But I love that. We, we do a good job of finding those. I love that. One of the ones that um, I picked was Altogether Skate Park. Okay, and where, where the, is that one? That's I in the Granary District. Um, it's it's towards the back. It's uh, middle to back. It's where the, all the sporty things are happening. And they are in the Granary District on 400 West and about 600 South. And Trent Call has done a mural inside of there. It's at the Evo Hotel, right? It is at Evo, yes. And it right now it's cold outside, so kids are not, you know, outside as much skating. Um, also... You know, oftentimes police are being called on my kid for skating. And so oh, this, yeah. this is a nice place for my kid, a safe place for my kid to go skate. They're helpful for kids. They have skate camps for kids. And um, and it was a big ad. It's actually a quite, it's like half the page they ended up getting. But yeah, they grant over there is always so help. They're just really helpful with the kids. When they have downtime, they take their time to help the kids there. And I've just been really impressed with them and I, I felt like it was something because they're kind of a newer skate park that the community didn't really know about them you know and it was something that I really felt like the community right there yeah needed to know about okay so you wrote this one as well well please don't maybe we don't tell people I wrote that because I'm not really a writer <laughs> I'm a photographer I just want people to know that I'm, yeah. I'm a photographer okay. <laughs> so folks this is on page 58 in the new now out on the streets on the stands Best of City Weekly edition. What parent wants their kid in front of a screen all day? Who doesn't love an air-conditioned ride? 
at only 10 bucks a pop, or you can buy a punch pass, making it only $7.50. It's an abor- affordable spot. It's an affordable spot for anyone who has a love of skateboarding. This new skate park with its flat banks, quarter pipes, a half pipe, ledges, flat bar, and more is in the Granary District and features a mural by Trent Call inside the space. Staff is friendly and helpful, and they even have a pretty rad retail store inside. And then open seven days a week and how to find it. That's one of the utilities of the best of mm-hmm. is for folks to find places and each other mm-hmm. like the all together skate park yeah places to go things to do places to eat you know and that's the thing i like that one because that like combines community and art which you know we talked about it with the the, the night the ninth will but art is such an important part of like a an evolved community right and so yeah and you can find it anywhere that's another category laura that i like is an expanded category this year is best brewery can art so bewilder won that one for best best art we have uh uh, a staff pick, but Roja Brewing won best like spiritually inspired art, you know. So mm. it's like stuff like that, That's yeah, that awesome. we we were kind of limited to unless it was a staff pick before. But mm. stuff that the community voted on this year, it's like pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the two of you have kind of been part of art and media for the majority of your lives. Well, I'll be clear. I I, I get to view the art. I'm not an artist like Kat. Oh, you guys. You're still part of that. A, it I takes all <laughs> it takes all comers to make a community, right? And that's maybe where I'm kind of headed with this, yeah. uh, Pete and Kat, is uh, what is the temperature of our community after the midterm elections that we went through? Uh, Salt Lake City, Salt Lake Valley, a blue dot in a red ocean. Mm. Um, and City Weekly has always been waving that flag for us. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Pete? Well, I mean, I think a lot of people were disappointed. We wrote that. That is another staff pick about like the Democratic Party going to, you know, putting their egg in Evan McMullen's basket. It's like, you know, we don't have, we still don't have representation, even though Salt Lake County as a whole is what, 65% blue. You know, when you look at the the statewide uh, representation that we have in the legislature, it's still like 90%, 10%. You know, we're fighting over one or, you know, a couple seats. And, uh, and the latest redistricting it happens mm-hmm. every 10 years based on the census. I, we lost more Democratic seats. Yep, yep. So Republicans on the, on gained the state more seats. level, On the state level, the blue dot's not re- not really well represented. It's a, it's a, zero a the pinpoint. The how yeah. many angels can dance on the head of a pin? From my house, I'm in, I think now I'm in District 3. I get on the freeway, cross briefly into District 2, come downtown into District 1 for a little bit. And then I go if I go to my parents' house, I'm in District Four, something like that. I can do it. That's your commute. A 20 minute commute if mm-hmm. I do a full circle, and I hit all four districts, and it's insanity. You know, mm. yeah, we got we got screwed. Yeah, <laughs> we did. I mean, we got gerrymandered, and I now have Todd Weiler as my representative, and that makes zero sense. I don't know how we ended up with Todd Weiler in Salt Lake City. Like that makes zero. He's up in Davis County. He's in Bountiful, Mm -hmm. and it makes no sense for me to have Todd as my representative. Like right now I should have Dr. Plum as my, as my, you know, as my senator, not, sorry, I shouldn't say rep, as my senator, not Todd. And so that gerrymandering is, is so upsetting. But the thing is, is that people were boo-hooing so many things and disappointed, but we actually had 41% vote for McMullen, and we need to recognize that that is amazing. And we had a lot of wins throughout this country that it actually wasn't the red wave that people were thinking it was yeah, going to be. And so, um, and and that, is, that was impressive, and people did show up in really big ways. And you know who we need to really thank? is the Generation Z right now. Those 18-year-olds are showing up in droves. 
And we really need to recognize them yeah. that they yeah. are doing a good job. So even though we didn't get the representation we wanted in Utah, I think nationally I feel a little better. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I've got another staff pick I'd like you to read, Pete. Oh, yeah. Okay. Best glass ceiling breakage. Jill Pullman's appointment to the Utah Supreme Court. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Oye, oye. Oye, oye. <laughs> Move over, brethren. There's a new lineup on the five-member Utah Supreme Court. With the state Senate's unanimous confirmation of court appeals judge Jill Pullman, women will outnumber men for the first time. Pullman was appointed by Governor Spencer Cox to replace retiring Justice Thomas Lee, older brother of Senator Mike. She's just the fifth woman to sit on the high court since Utah statehood. And Pullman's arrival comes when the court is poised to high-profile cases on abortion, transgender rights, and voter redistricting. Excellent, excellent staff pick. But there's a reader pick I wanted to point out since we're talking about a, a, a media medium, and that mm-hmm. is a reader's pick for best new pa- newspaper reporter, Robert Gerke oh, yeah. of the Salt Lake Tribune. Yes, should, should it be pointed out that he's actually not a reporter, that he's an opinion? Yeah, he's a columnist. columnist. He's a okay. columnist. But that's what's <laughs> interesting about the times we live in when everyone can be their own reporter. Really, they're their own opinionator, mm-hmm. um, spouting up things. And I do appreciate that City Weekly readers recognized what Gerke brings to the conversation. Now, it only matters if you take the trip. Yeah. It only matters if you pick up the City Weekly. So what's your what's your advice to folks out here who listen and maybe moan whatever the fallout of the election is when it comes to local journalism and its impact on right. our community, Pete? Well, I think you can look at the the narrative of the last six years, you know, where people are talking about fake news and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's not a, a fair representation of, you know, local media, right? Um you can you can go even broader than that. Like, what defines media anymore? Is it just a loud mouth on Twitter? Can LeBron James be considered media? Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, like, they well, have that's such what Elon a Musk is phone. saying right yeah. now is that right. Twitter is a democratization, democratization, oh, meaning a, that the average person <laughs> is now in competition and yeah. is on the quote unquote level playing field yeah. with folks who train and become journalists. And that's, a, that's a that's a shame because he, Elon is talking about citizen journalists, and that's mm-hmm. not. Right. There's a difference between platform and you know big voice and somebody that actually. You know, if I if I write something false, if our writers write something completely blatantly false, I could be sued for libel. Right. It's our it's our publication. It's on my website. Oh. But if you tweet something completely false, there's no accountability. Yeah. Well, and we're so gonna see I think this people play have to realize out. that, and they want to call fake news to people, and it's just like we could get sued. Yeah. For saying false stuff, you can't on Twitter. Like uh, Fox News and the Dominion lawsuit that is moving forward is going to radically change. It's either going yeah. to reinforce. A free press, or it's going to radically change the media right, landscape. Right. Well, they already. What was the one that they won last year, where they said a reasonable person, a sensible person, wouldn't believe that Tucker Carlson was a real journalist or something? That he was. <laughs> and you know, they like, said this of themselves. They Fox said this. News. Of Fox, Fox News said that of themselves in, in court. A, in court, that wow. said a sensible person would not believe Tucker Carlson was telling the truth. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. I just wanted to say thank you to City Weekly for your annual best of. It's something that, you know, uh, our new boss, Gavin, is reading through, trying to find all the cool spots around town. I got to chat with him for a little bit. He's an alt-weekly head, so he he comes from our industry. That's really cool. It is something that I give to folks when they're new to town or need to find something new in town regardless. Uh, Kat, closing thoughts besides the whale. 
I mean, I, I love, I personally love City Weekly and I'm really excited for it. And in fact, my chosen family and I are going to use it. We do, we like to do an around the world dinner, which we've already done. Um, we spent a couple of years doing it and now we're going to do it around the City Weekly dinner where every month oh, awesome. we, we choose different places from City Weekly Best Of and go to different places to dine at from City Weekly Best Of. I just think it's a stellar, you know, publication and we're really excited to just dive into the places recommended by readers. So thank you. And that's another beauty of this edition. There are the staff picks, Mm -hmm. but the bulk of it is readers voting on how many different categories? 444. And it was 163,000 readers that voted, which is so impressive. Yeah. So congratulations to all of you out there who took part. And thank you for putting KRCL at the top of uh, Best Radio and Radioactive Number 2 and the Great Salt Lake Collaborative in the running as well. Pete, where can people find this in real life and online? In real life, so we chose not to put it online just yet. We want people to find it in real life. That's another thing about community building is like we want to get people off of their phones. It is going to look nice. It's going to present nice online. We're going to put that up on Monday of next week. But we really want people to go to the local communities, local coffee shops, you know, the the bars, restaurants that have and take our newspaper and, uh, you know, experience it in real life. So, you know, down here we can get uh, any coffee shop pretty much has them. All downtown Salt Lake, yeah. Downtown Salt Lake, where they're littered with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, street boxes downtown. Harmon's has them, the, you know, a couple of the big Smiths in the avenues and uh, Mill Creek and down south have them. So the, the, you can find them yeah. most anywhere that's local. You're not going to find them at a Chili's or Applebee's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and by the 21st, they'll be online. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And KRCL has a few. If you stop and by the station or on the show in the next couple of days, we'll have one for you. But I almost forgot one of the best parts, and that's the party. Party. So um, it's a nice little celebration for the winners. Um, we're doing it as a private event this year, so it's going to be invite only to winners, readers. So if you so you got to get on my guest list. You got to get on a guest list. You got to <laughs> you got to hit me up with an email so that I know how to reach you. Uh, so basically, it's going to be December first at Trolley Square. Um, Again, private events. So, if you're in this the City Weekly be Best of, yeah. look for your email invite yep. from Pete Salter. Don't ignore my emails. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. There's a only limited amount of tickets, you know. So, we'd like to make it a, a full event. So, yeah. All right, and for folks that feel left out, there's always next year, yeah. right? Yeah. Up your community game. Yep. Yep. That's right. There's a, and that's the thing is I, I want to. Just, you know, there's there were over 3,000 businesses and people voted on in this issue. So, you know, if you took first, second, or third, any of those, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like like Kat said, there were hundreds of thousands of votes in this issue. Like, that's that's an accomplishment by itself. It's huge. And, you know. I guess I do have one more question because yeah. um, I'm call, recalling our quarantine cocktails that we did yeah, during we the pandemic, outside, really trying yeah. to support mm-hmm. the community. And when I look at this, this is a free alt-weekly in our community reflecting the community back mm-hmm. to itself. And as we are, quote unquote, over the pandemic, yeah. how important it is, is it that folks recognize local? Because I think a lot of us got used to our DoorDash, our Uber Eats, maybe mm-hmm. even from some locals. Mm-hmm. But going back to that restaurant, right. going back to that local coffee house, bookstore, movie house, um, what have you, services and goods, local. I, mean, I think all of us appreciate that part of the community right like it how boring would it be if everything was you know cookie cutter big box big box exactly it's like those are the these are the types of people that give salt lake its sense of character you know and then you mix in 
the art and it's just characters like, like Kat Palmer. Characters like Kat <laughs> but Palmer. But we yeah. have to we have to have our local businesses. I mean, we lost one of our Maza locations during two of them, two of them, two yeah. of them during the pandemic. And I we cannot afford to lose that third Maza location. We have to support local. I mean, I will scream this from the rooftops. Local businesses are what makes Salt Lake City special and we have to support local. And we have the holidays coming up and I, I will be promoting it on my social media of local businesses to support, to put in stocking stuffers or, you know, for whatever holidays you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate holidays for birthdays or whatever, supporting local is just so important um, because it's, I feel like it's what makes our community so special. What's your social cat? Um, catpalmer.com and Cat Palmer photography on Instagram. And I'm easy to find. So, and Pete, what's the website and social for city weekly? cityweekly.net at SLC Weekly on Instagram at City Weekly on Twitter. And check tonight's show notes for a link to City Weekly and Kat Palmer. And thanks to everybody who voted for KRCL, number one radio station, and Radioactive, number two best radio show. Pick up City Weekly's Best of Utah Around Town and then Monday online. My thanks to all of my guests this evening. And, of course, we'll post the show in a bit, but you can listen to the last two weeks of any show on demand at krcl.org under the Programs tab. Tomorrow night on Punk Rock Farmer Friday, more true tales from the agrihood with Al Dine and me. We've got Solstice Spices and Twig and Branch Gardens coming on. they got a pop-up market coming on for winter. Also, Dave John of Living the Circle of Life, but he's coming on tomorrow night for his work with ours, our unsheltered relatives and pandos. They've got a pre-un-Thanksgiving Saturday feeding in the community on Saturday this weekend and could use your help, so tune in for that. Plus, Skywatcher Leo T and fresh homegrown music from Portraits, a young band in town. If you've got a story you'd like to share on the show or an issue you'd like us to cover, maybe someone up to some good trouble like Tua Kealoha earlier this hour, we'd love to have them on the show. Record a voice memo on your smartphone or just email info to radioactive at krcl.org. If you do the voice memo, keep it under three minutes, family friendly. Be sure to include your name and phone number in the message. And we'd love to hear from you. And in fact, we'd love to hear from you about the best albums of 2022. You can vote right now. More details online at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones. Thanks for plugging into your community. Have a great night. Going out with Good Day for a Good Day. Keeping on the theme for the evening. It's Michael Franti and Spearhead on KRCL 90.9. KRCL Salt Lake City. Hey, this is Courtney, host of Afternoon Delight. Join me every Saturday at 1 p.m. for a mix of rock, indie, and soul. Tune in to hear great material by artists such as Washed Out, The Smiths, Widow's Peak, Kate Bush, Aretha Franklin, The Nerves, and Brian Eno. That's every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 90.9 KRCL.